Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome to Menlo Midweek, everyone. I'm Mark. And I'm Jessica. And this week, we have the Menlo Park campus pastor, Mark Swarner, is in the house. This is our studio audience. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Say hi to all of them. Hey, everybody. Good to see all of you here in the studio audience. <laughs> yep. Keep it down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's so hot today. It yep. is. And it was so hot this weekend. Mark, what what do you do to beat the heat? We we melt. Uh, <laughs> we don't beat we, it. We just melt. Uh, no, we are we are uh, grateful that there's a little swimming pool where we live. We're oh, cool. in a little townhome kind of area with nice. eight units, and so we invited some neighbors and we just hung out in the pool in the afternoon, and then we went back and melted because we don't have any AC. <laughs> Uh, but at least there was a little place we could jump in and cool off for a few minutes. Oh, that sounds so nice. We've been commandeering our brother-in-law's pool space as well. He has a pool in his apartment complex. And we're like, dude, let us in. He's like, all right, whenever. I'm trying to get a key card because they're one of like those fancy Ooh. places. But gotta, I guess you got to have connections or actually live there. Like they just don't Possibly. give them out to strangers. Oh, but I, feel like, yeah. I feel like I could swindle my way into one. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, you yeah. probably could. <laughs> Jess, what do you do? Oh man, my little AC unit has been in my bedroom because my roommate is gone. And so I'm just keeping all the AC to myself and my dog. Um, I drove around a lot this weekend <laughs> unintentionally, okay. but that helps because I have AC in my car. I had to drive over to Santa Cruz twice and it was like so gorgeous over there. And I was like, well, maybe I should just be living on the beach. But then it was super crowded. So of course uh, I didn't want to be there, but yeah. Yeah. AC in my car and then just be in the office. It's yeah, it's it's it does inspire you to get into the office yes. if, if that's the place you have air conditioning. And yeah. uh, at our Menlo Park offices, the, the air conditioning and heating has not worked well for years, oh, <laughs> years. I, I used to think the thermostats were little placebos that you just got to change the numbers, <laughs> but they actually didn't do anything at all. Uh, beep, but boop, boop, beep, exactly. Boop. It's like it's it's fake. Is this a calculator? Or is this yeah. I think it was. I think they just taped some Casio the calculator uh, to the wall showing you how to, how and, to and count wrote thermostat over it and <laughs> they thought it might be cooling you off but but they actually went through and and fixed the system and now it oh, actually works wow. it so so wonderful it's so nice so you've been on staff for how long at menlo um like 112 years 112 I think, years almost so almost since, since the beginning pretty early you're on. a pioneer yeah. literally uh, and figuratively. no fif uh, 15 years going on 16 15 so years. yeah so Tell us a little bit where you started and where you are now, like role-wise, what were you doing when you first well, got hired? I, I was hired as the mission outreach pastor. Um, and when I first started, we had not quite launched either Mountain View or San Mateo. So oh, we were okay. still yeah, one yeah. church in mm -hmm. Menlo Park. And uh, in that process, trying to figure out how do we become a multi-site multi -site church? Um, so, and how do we adapt really every ministry, but in my area specifically, outreach mission opportunities mm -hmm. to serve multiple campuses and um, just living living through that and working that out as we went. So that's where I started. Um, and then nine years into that, I had the opportunity to move to Mountain View to be the Mountain View campus pastor. Scott Palmwish 
went to help launch Saratoga, where we merged with Saratoga Presbyterian. And I moved to the Mountain View campus, uh, where I got to work with Jessica. Shout out Mountain View. Yes, Mountain View. Love you guys. Um, And it was just a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I just loved being back in kind of a a pastoral role more Mm -hmm. uh, with the congregation. That's just a great community and amazing volunteers. And God was doing a lot of wonderful things in that community. And then... Uh, a little over a year ago, I uh, was called to be the uh, Menlo Park campus pastor uh, as we were just in the midst of reopening mm-hmm. um, after a, a tumultuous couple of years here. So that's <laughs> that's my history in brief. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain View. Shout out to you guys. Mark and I got to work together. Probably one of my favorite seasons. Definitely. I mean, we just had a lot of fun on that team. It was a fun team. <laughs> what were Matt you doing Stephane, at Mountain View? Matt Stefan, who's our San Mateo campus pastor, was the student's director, and I worked under him for a little bit. Ah. Um, Adam Hendricks, who you guys have heard on here before, who's run Sanctuary. He was the worship leader at Mountain View at the time. And so the four of us just had dumb jokes. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of dumb, dumb jokes. jokes. And meaningless conversations yep. that went mm. nowhere but were really, really funny. Yep. And no one else thought it was funny, no, but the four no, of us not at all. were in stitches all the time. Yeah, pretty much. It was great. Pretty much. Good times. <laughs> I'm jealous. Okay. Good times. You should be jealous. Right. <laughs> it was fun. Well, Mark, you wrapped up our Get In The Game series this past weekend. And so for those that were not fortunate enough to see it live in person, can you give them a quick summary of what you talked about and how you closed this Get In The Game series? Uh, I can, and you can watch it on, yeah. on YouTube as well if you yes. missed it. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were wrapping up the whole series, uh, Get in the Game, and the the hope was to um, help help draw people to, to take a next step. Um, and uh, uh, not simply to what, uh, like volunteering at Menlo Church. I mean, a part of the series was, yes, you want to be involved in your local church community and at any campus, every campus, find a way there's something that you can do, mm-hmm. that you can give. We want to encourage that. Um, and that's really important. And especially for this wrap-up of, of the series, it, it's a lot bigger than that. Um, getting in the game isn't simply a, a recruitment drive for volunteers. It's God's inviting us to something awesome and spectacular mm-hmm. and life-changing and world-changing. And we, we all get to be part of it in, mm-hmm. in various ways. So that's where we were trying to, trying to land this weekend. It's cool thinking back, like, my life totally changed because I got in the game. You know, I, I started volunteering at Mountain View, or yeah, at Mountain View before I was on staff, obviously. So it was like I was having... I think lunch or dinner with a friend and she's like I was like I kind of want to do youth ministry again but not really at the church I'm at right now and she's like hey you should come serve with me at my church and I did I started volunteering with high school students and 10 years later <laughs> here I am on staff yeah and so it's like if I hadn't taken that step to get in the game I for sure would not be where I am today and so it just starts with a little simple volunteering um some of my like closest friends I've met through staff, but also in my small group, um, see, getting to help to see help run starting point and mm-hmm. see the connections that are made there. It's just, yeah, I just love the, 
it it is getting in the game and volunteering, but it's it's life changing as well. It yeah. can be, and and yeah. sometimes as you're saying that, it, it it reminds me that sometimes it can almost feel accidental. It's almost yeah. like mm-hmm. a very little thing yeah. that I just said, oh, I can help one time with this, or it's just simply saying yes to God in an area that might not feel like it's a big deal. Yeah, and but God can take really little things and do huge stuff with mm-hmm. it. So it's like by saying, yeah, I'll I'll come help that one time. You never know where yeah. God might be tugging in your heart to lead you to something deeper, and it's, it'll be a way that fits you and your personality mm-hmm. and your gifts, and you know God will empower you to do it. So, yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And I love that you made the point. I think it was right in the beginning of your message where you said that God chose you specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as I was watching that and with the people that I was with, I think we all kind of locked in in that moment. We were like, you said, if you know where I've been or what I've done, then you, God, you would not choose me. But instead, God continued and said, yes, I will choose yeah. you. So how'd you get to there? And I, I think that's just such an encouraging thing that if you can kind of repeat what you said. I, yeah, um, I, I, that part resonated, I mean, with me. I mean, I was kind of preaching to myself there too. <laughs> Uh, of of it's it's so easy to forget that um, the the Lord of the universe like chooses us, it chooses us by name. And I was kind of keying off the whole sports theme since mm-hmm. um, Scott Palmwish, the ex Stanford football player, yeah. who's our <laughs> acting head of staff, you know, kicked off this whole series. Um, uh, and I was thinking, and I talked about that in the sermon of just the you know the agony of of picking teams and yes. you know who gets oh chosen and no one wants to get chosen last and um, you know, and, and we're in such a highly competitive culture, especially in the Bay Area, um, for, you know, employment, positions, prestige, wealth, <laughs> education, whatever it is. And that that God would say, you know, I know everything about you. I know everything you've done. I know everything you struggle with. I know your doubts. I know your fears. I know, you know, everything. And and Mm. that the God of the universe looks looks you in the eye and says, I I choose you. I choose you. Like Mm. you're you're my number one draft pick. It's like first (laughs) round. It's like I choose Mark Morinishi. I choose Jessica Havens. I choose, you know, and, and 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 if we can let that sink in a little bit like god loves us that much and it's not about us earning our way there and being qualified it's god in his grace we're we're uh we're chosen by god's grace i mean mm-hmm. that was the first point and i thought about words like we're called by god's grace and that kind of is a theological churchy word what is it calling but we all know what it means like to be chosen yeah like yeah. i want you on my team and that alone if if you don't get anything else out of that message. It's like, oh my gosh, God chose me. Mm-hmm. Like he, he finds that much delight. And, and that means that my life can matter because God chose me. It's just, there's something there that, that I think I need to soak in. We all need yeah. to soak in more. So Yeah, and I think thinking like real life, real world, you know, outside of that, there's so many areas of disappointment in uh-huh. being chosen of like, you know, you gave the examples of, in PE or whatever, and you're not chosen for the team or whatever, or, you know, you're dating a guy and he doesn't choose you, or Mm. you are at work and they don't choose you for the promotion. There's, there can be so much disappointment and all of that, but then to look at it the other way of, but God chose you for this, for this life, for you were born at this time for a reason. You are here 
and God chose you. It's just, yes. I, it's so powerful. Yes, yeah. and it doesn't matter your your age, mm-hmm. uh, ability or disability, this, uh, you know, anything, your relationship status, all that, yep. that's not, you know, God says it, wherever you are, it's like, I choose you. Mm-hmm. You can You can be a part of this, and that's like the best thing we could ever be chosen for. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And you kind of went a little bit deeper, too, by talking about examples of underdogs that we see in the Bible as yeah. well. Mm. Can yeah. you expand a little bit more on that? Yeah. Well, I just love it because, I mean, really, you, you look throughout the Bible and uh, everybody's pretty messed up. Like there's no, <laughs> yeah. except for Jesus, yeah. like there's no protagonist there that was like, oh my, they have this absolutely stellar, uh, you know, uh, completely blameless, flawless person. Like they, all of the biblical heroes, heroines, have have different faults and mm-hmm. and quirks and like yeah Moses, fugitive, you know, murder, uh, wanted for murder, yeah. fugitive from Egypt, protested that I am not a good leader, I'm not a public speaker, and God's like no Moses, I want you to do this yeah. and um, you know and I I put in a couple of examples of women in the Bible too, especially in a time when like women were in the broader culture, not valued or necessarily seen as leaders. Mm-hmm. And God said, nope, you know, Deborah, Mary, you know, others, like, I, I choose you. And um, in spite of what the, the society around them might, might have sent them a very different message. Mm-hmm. And I just think you find that throughout throughout the Bible. Um, you know, Peter with no EQ, I mean, he really, <laughs> they didn't have that term then, but like, he just... He, he, he just did, knew how to come across wrong in pretty much every <laughs> situation and offend people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, these days we'd send him to a workshop on, you know, hey, Peter, read this book on growing your emotional intelligence. <laughs> Lots but, of HR conversations <laughs> with Peter, probably. Yes, Peter would have been a frequent <laughs> frequent guest in the HR department. But, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but Jesus said, I choose you anyway, yeah. and you're going to be the rock on which I build the church. Yeah. yeah, that's so amazing. And then you brought it down to a practical level as well, where, you were talking about ways to get involved with starting point or joining a team. And at one point you said, you don't need a doctorate degree in theology to be able to hold a baby. All you need is yeah. arms or a lap. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking of like, yeah, you don't, you know, it's like, well, I can't work with kids. I, what if they ask questions? It's like, you know, a, a baby in the nursery is not going to ask you a question that, mm-hmm. that stumps you. Uh, you're, you're pretty safe there. And the, the gift that that is, like at our Menlo park campus there have been times over the summer where we've had to close the nursery and say we can't we can't take another child because we don't have enough adults in the room Mm. right now Mm. and that just breaks my heart because for a parent who's coming to church the best gift is knowing that your kids are going to be safe Mm -hmm. uh, loved learning about the love of jesus and you can go to church and have have that space. Yeah, uh, that's a huge gift, and like that's that's a really simple thing that um, th- that uh, you know everybody can play a part. Yeah, that's, that's such a good yeah, such a such a good example because I think we might have talked about this one of the weeks. Is you know you think of volunteering or serving, and it's like I you know how do I serve with high school students or like you know you have to have special talents to be on the worship team. And right. it just, there's so many things that feel so overwhelming, but it's like, there's also really simple ways of like, you know, once a month you can stand at the door and pass out a bulletin. You can once a month sit in the baby room and hold a baby. I mean, honestly, who doesn't want to do that? Like 
That would be my dream. Well, but. Pa- parents of newborns would not want to do that. They're, they're the ones we're trying to give that gift. Yes, of like, you don't exactly. have to hold the baby right yeah. now. But yeah. Yeah. So now that you've given your message, is there anything looking back of like, oh, I wish I, I wish I said that differently or added this story or used this Bible verse instead? Um, I, th- there are a couple points that I, I wanted to expand on and really would just didn't fit. I mm-hmm. mean, there's always so much that hits the cutting room floor yeah. that like, oh, that would have been a, you know, a great point to expound on. And it, it just has to wait for some other sermon or opportunity. Um, you know, I did want to spend a little more time talking about, again, that this is not just a volunteer drive and what does that look like, you know, in everyday life mm-hmm. that sometimes we can, in the church, unintentionally send a message that, you know, the service to God that really matters is the two hours you volunteer at church. Mm. And, and the rest of the time is kind of your own whatever. You you have a job, you, you're in meetings, uh, you go to the store. And and God's concerned with all all of life. So it's, it's a both and, not an either or. It's like, yes, those couple hours that you volunteer at church might make an eternal difference in someone's life. Mm-hmm. And, and they do. Mm-hmm. They do. We're all here because someone invested in us in different ways that might have seemed small at the time, but mm-hmm. it impacted me. It impacted you. And what your life looks like in, in the office, uh, what, what it looks like at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, that it's not like God only is worried about this little slice. God is worried about, not worried, it's the wrong word. Uh, God desires for our, our whole lives to reflect him. And so getting in the game means... You know, th- there are a lot of different examples I could have gone into about what, what does it look like in, in everyday life, because that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to expand a little bit there. The only other piece where I had thought I was going to land and it just didn't fit without really squishing it in was the, the, the grandness and magnitude of God's end game. And mm. I touched on it at the end, but I, originally I thought I was going to have a lot more time, that this is... It is individual lives being redeemed, discovering God's love for them, learning to live a lift God, li- with God life that they can live forever. And like this is the redemption of all creation. God is about the, the undoing of everything that happened at the fall, re- redoing it. This is a, a new creation. Mm. Um, I'm making all things new, uh, that there is the, the, the universe is getting redeemed in a way that we can't even possibly comprehend or imagine. Mm-hmm. So our little tiny bits of obedience actually play into that huge thing that God is doing. And so I threw in a verse from Revelation that there will be a time when there's no more mourning, crying, mm-hmm. death, no more pain mm-hmm. for the former things have passed away. And I, and I would have like a little more time expounded more on um, this is this is about the redemption of of the entire universe and all of creation. Like that's how big this story is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not simply, and the gospel has never been simply about you know how to make incrementally better changes in my life. Mm-hmm. You know how you can learn to be incrementally a little bit happier or more peaceful. It's like well yeah hopefully we grow in that. Mm-hmm. And what God is doing is so much bigger than that. And mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd love to someday just expand on that kind of all of redemption history yeah. is what we call it. Mm. That's really interesting. And when you look at it and approach it from that lens, it becomes God-centric instead of myself-centric. Myself right. meaning I want to serve because I want to feel better about myself or it's because I think I should do this. Right. But when you look at it from I'm playing my small part by being obedient to God in this bigger thing that's happening, mm-hmm. that's a completely different mind shift in how you see yourself, how you see 
you know, yourself outside of that, those two hours of going to church. Yes. Yeah. And, and it, it increases the, the level. There's a mystery to this. Mm-hmm. This isn't a simple like one plus one equals two. Somehow, and I don't understand exactly how God's going to do all that and bring it about. Um, theologians have written books about the theology of work and how God takes our work and weaves it toward that kind of eternal end that God has mm-hmm. in mind. How that happens, I still, I don't get it, but we believe that God does. Like right. that very simple act of kindness that someone undertakes, that simple act of compassion, that simple act of standing up for someone who's being bullied. Um, all of that can have an impact that is magnitudes greater than what it looks like in that moment because it's God who's doing something there. Mm. God's taking those little threads of, of our faithfulness and weaving them into something that eventually we'll look back and say, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea when I sat and held that baby in that nursery and it gave those parents a chance to focus attentively on the message that day that yeah. that was going to impact the trajectory of their lives and their, their child's life. And I had no idea. I was just, I was just holding a baby. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. So I want to ask you, Mark, we've asked all of our guests this. You mentioned like holding a baby and thinking that's just the smallest thing of, of serving. What was the first serving opportunity that you did or said yes to maybe outside of vocational ministry? Yeah, I, I will go right to, uh, to high school. Okay. Um, I came to faith eighth grade, later part of eighth grade, and was involved in my church youth group. And uh, I started taking guitar lessons for like two years, Mm -hmm. seventh and eighth grade, I think. And our youth director said, you know, would you help play guitar at youth group? Mm. And like I had learned like, okay, I've learned some like Beatles songs. <laughs> I'd actually learned the highly coveted Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. You know? nice. um, and uh, and I just thought, okay, I'm terrified, you know, social anxiety. I'm you know, terrified to be in front of like all, all of my peers, but like, okay. You know, and he was playing guitar and I'd be there and play guitar. And we found a kid who played drums and we had a very rudimentary uh, high school worship mm-hmm. band. But I, I did that for throughout high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I just jumped in and like, okay, go. Wow. I want to take a poll of how many, I don't know, if Christian men or just men in general started playing guitar in like middle school and then was in the like worship band in high school because my brother had the same story and i think there's it seems like such a common we, thing we got to get yeah barna or gallup or somebody yeah. to, to do that poll for us and, and quantify <laughs> exactly how how that happens but yes and was the reason a girl Ooh. or girls in general you know? you know, at that when I first started, no girls were okay. still too okay. scary. I think yeah, in, sure. in ninth grade for me, so not yet. No. <laughs> well, if you ever need a bass player in a band that you're going to form, Josh Robertson oh, yeah. secretly plays the bass, but doesn't want anyone ever to Does find he? out. So we can keep that between us. We yeah. got to get a little yeah. campus pastor band. Going we talked on about here, that because he was saying he was the only campus pastor that doesn't have a musical talent. Yeah. And I had said that we made a joke one time of like, let's make a music video with all of our campus pastors, like singing and playing guitar. And then later on in the, in the podcast, he was like, 
Oh, and then I played bass in high school, and we're like, oh, you lied to That's us. That's a musical talent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he That's claims he hasn't talent. played in a while and doesn't remember anything. But it, it, uh, at a church I, I served previously, we were launching a contemporary service, and I talked with a, a music director at a, a neighboring church, like, what do you need? What do you look for? Um, and this is interesting because, like, kind of what you're saying guitarists can be a dime a dozen it's like <laughs> everybody learns to play guitar yeah. it's cool uh but he said if you're gonna pay anybody it would be the the drummer and the bassist oh mm -hmm. yeah he's like if you have a good rhythm section your drums and your bass are on they will help everybody else yeah. reach a higher level if they aren't great it doesn't matter how good of a guitarist or keyboardist you have the the rhythm will throw everything off and oh, i had never ever thought about that so we got to let josh robertson know okay we'll like, pay him we, we'll pay him in he's going to be the one jewels and we'll in heaven that's yes, right. he will get Big a crown. jewel in his crown. Mm -hmm. He's got the biggest crown at all if he plays bass. But the I'm, rest of you just play guitar, so you won't get yeah, it. So you get a little, yeah. slightly smaller jewel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we get some like little pixie dust. And it's like purple or something. Yeah, a little purple <laughs> sprinkles or yeah, exactly. glitter. Glitter is the word. He gets a jewel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, this was a, the conclusion of the Get in the Game series. And so, Mark, what are your hopes going, going forward from this for the Menlo Park campus? We just heard five weeks about how to love each other by serving the potentially exponential outcomes that can happen by saying mm. yes to holding a baby. Yeah. So for your campus specifically, what, what would you like to see going from here on out? Yeah. Fully staffed nursery. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no. And beyond, a basis that we can pay. And, and, <laughs> and really good basis. We have great basis. We have yeah. amazing musicians. Uh, I think everybody finding some step hmm. that they could do. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it could be one of our you know, formalized volunteer roles. It could be this month just realizing, hey, I, I have a voice um, in, in the workplace or anywhere mm. where I realize in my own family where a God can work through me. So I hope that everyone will be a little more attentive to that kind of subtle nudging of mm -hmm. God's spirit to say, hey, here's a, a time when your voice, your hands, your feet, your arms, your gifts uh, might bless somebody and it may not feel like much, but God's going to do something with it. Um, I, I think that's a big hope, um, and and more folks would say too that I, I'd I'd love to find a place at Menlo Church where I can I can uh, I can get in the game. And um, I, I mentioned this in the sermon briefly as we kind of wrap up that uh, a lot of times folks in a larger church it, it's hard to find community. Mm -hmm. It's hard to kind of break your way into, and we recognize that we're always looking at ways how can we, you know, form groups where people can get to know each other. Starting point. Yep. Shameless plug for starting point right mm -hmm. now. Sign up if you've never done it. It's at every campus. Uh, but uh, th there's statistics of how serving is the fastest way into community. Mm. That sometimes sitting around in a group can feel a little stilted and, and artificial, but doing something alongside someone else mm -hmm. while you're doing a project or some kind of serving opportunity together, that that fosters community in some ways more rapidly than trying to seek out community mm -hmm. for its own sake. So I'm hoping that people will step into and say, hey, by volunteering, I can scratch that kind of community need too and, and get to know others. Great. Yeah, I think we've mentioned Starting Point every single week, but mm -hmm. it is such a great opportunity to meet people, but also to learn more about Menlo Church and who we are and how to get connected, how to join a group, what are the areas that each campus needs, all that fun stuff. If you're at the Menlo Park campus, you'll get to hang out with Mark and mm -hmm. the other staff here. And I think that's one of the, I say this, I think every time too, it's one of the 
biggest pieces of feedback we always get was how much fun it was to get to know the staff because you don't usually get that opportunity on just a Sunday morning. Maybe you have a somewhat of a relationship with someone you're the team you're serving on with that director, but it's just such yeah. a fun new way to because we're fun. Yeah, we are fun people. Mm-hmm. We are fun. At least we like to think we're fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Well, Mark, <laughs> as we wrap up, any Menlo Park specific shout outs that you'd like to do? Anything's coming up at the Menlo Park campus? Well, uh, again, starting point okay. starts Tuesday. <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Uh, okay. So a week from a week from today, mm-hmm. um, as of the day we're recording this, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got a, a, a lot of great opportunities. Student ministry is going well. So if you've got students, middle school, high school, this is a great time to get them plugged in. Uh, we've got uh, amazing student director Josh Horton, mm-hmm. awesome volunteers. Uh, so if you know kids, find kids, see students out there, say, go to Menlo Church yeah. uh, and get plugged in. Awesome. Well, if you're listening to this and you have any questions or maybe you live out of the area, but you still would love to serve, let me know. You could text our online team at 650-600-0402 and we'd love to help get you plugged in wherever you are, whether that's at the Menlo Park campus or out of the Bay Area and beyond. So Mark, thank you so much for being Ooh. with us today. Thanks. My pleasure. And we'll see all of you very soon. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.